With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Critically analyzing national affairs. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, well, it is time for the second hour of State of the Nation. On today's News Talk, I'm Steve Hook, broadcasting live from Central Jersey Shore. And there's my friend, Brian McLean, a.k.a. Hesher in Central Texas. Hesher, it was a great first hour, and I got to tell you, I wish we had more time with... uh, well, with both guests, but that, you know, I, if I could add another chance to ask that lawyer, Steve, uh, another question, I would I would wonder, it seems to me that this is setting up a whole slew of, uh, you know, class action lawsuits, man, this taking clauses. And it's about time. It's about time. I mean, it, you know, we've been asking this for almost four years now. Like, where are all the lawsuits that makes this not happen again? What happened to uh, Mr. Bull was like a uh, uh, eminent domain, a negligent eminent domain seizure by bogus policy, like a ricochet effect. You know, normally when the government comes through and steals your livelihood via your land, your land rights, you get paid an eminent domain fee, nothing like that. Just, and this has happened. He's just one example of probably millions of Americans that went through this. Yeah, exactly. Right. He gets screwed. His tenants get screwed. And then the government looks at everybody and says, Hey man, uh, it was an emergency. You're on your own. Yeah. Well, that's not going to play anyway. Very interesting. Yes. Hey, by the way, have you heard that uh, it looks as if (laughs) here we go again, it's like what's old is new again. Uh, <laughs> there's trouble. There's trouble a brewing in the House of Representatives as people are furious at Speaker Mike Johnson for uh, cobbling together this uh, this spending package with Chuck Schumer. I don't envy any Speaker of the House uh, in today's political world, but Chip Roy says that booting Mike Johnson from the Speakership is on the table. Representative Chip Roy from your home state of Texas made his bluntest threat yet against Speaker Mike Johnson, warning that a motion to vacate the House Republican leader is not off the table. He says, I'm leaving it on the table. I'm not going to say I'm going to file it tomorrow. I'm not saying I'm not going to file it tomorrow. He said that on the Steve Deese uh, show. He said, I think the Speaker needs to know that we're angry about it. He needs to know we need to sit down at the table and solve this. Roy has been on a warpath against Johnson's agreement to fund the government, uh, struck with, as I mentioned, uh, Chuck Schumer of New York. And 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 that's that's what's going on here. He called the bill, which uh, follows through with most of the commitments cobbled together by, by McCarthy and President Biden uh, during talks to raise the debt ceiling last year, garbage. And he dismissed Johnson's promise to negotiate conservative policy wins uh, in an eventual spending bills. And again, just to remind everybody, this deal would set a statutory limit of $1.59 trillion for discretionary government funding, but would honor a McCarthy-Biden side deal of an added $69 billion uh, in cuts for the fiscal year to offset some of that. Uh, I, you know, people are going to say, oh, Johnson sucks. He's not. He's a rhino. I don't think Mike Johnson's a rhino at all. But I think that he's dealing with something that none of us, and it's an unenviable position, 
Uh, these Democrats are not going to budge. And Democrats walk together lockstep. Republicans have never figured out how to do that. And I don't think that they're, by the looks of it and by the sounds of Chip Roy, they're not likely to do it anytime soon. Uh, yeah, we're, this is a problem. You know, our uh, entire Republican wing up there pretty much on Capitol Hill has been sucking the teat of the military industrial complex and all any industrial complex that walks through the door with bags of money and opportunities for power. You know, yeah. so the fact that the statutory limit is almost one point six trillion should be enough to just halt the purse, pump the brakes. Um, you know, a uh, I noticed uh, looking at some international media this morning that um, the the Russian, uh, you know, people from the Russian economics uh sector are basically saying that america's debt could destroy the entire world economy you know there yeah, are four they take it you know it's it's a russian source so you know your mileage may vary on how seriously you take that but when you look at the actual numbers and we've talked about this on the show uh where that heads in the next you know 5 10 15 20 years as we approach uh you know the next shiny un agenda 2030 it's not good and it does have those kind of potentialities if inflation continues to rise and the uh, budget starts to reach, you know, payments of a trillion dollars a year just to pay the interest. Yeah, I, exactly right. I mean, and, and that's just it. It's a, it's a debt bomb and the fuse is burning with each and every day. The fuse is getting shorter. And, and part of the reason that Republicans are so uh, reticent to touch this issue is because they know that if the government shut down, that every single media source is going to blame Republicans. They will never blame the spending. They will never blame uh, blame the Democrats. They will say Republicans couldn't get their act together, and now we're going to go into a government shutdown. I tell you one thing. I would like to see a speaker with a pair of brass ones get up there and say, shut the government down. I dare you to shut the government down. Screw you. Shut it down. I'd just love to see that. But that's what the entire that, that entire side of the aisle in Congress should be doing. They should be doing that in lockstep Agreed. instead of acting like a bunch of clowns piling out of the clown car, arguing over who gets to juggle the balls first. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I understand Chip Roy's frustration, uh, just like I understand my own frustration. But I do think it's a it's it, it's they've made it damn near impossible for a Republican to hold the speakership. It's 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 pretty it's pretty telling, really. Hey, if yeah. you're enjoying listening to TNT Radio, we certainly do hope you do. If you think we're doing a good job, well, let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or a comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter, and help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT. Abroad or at home, this is your news. By staying silent, we are part of the problem. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Okay, well, let's bring Ruckus into the party again here. According to a sworn testimony from Hunter Biden's art dealer. Oh, he's a winner. Uh, th uh, this week, Hunter Biden's art dealer, uh, the disgraced first son, knew the identities of some of the people who bought his artwork, which, of course, contradicts claims made by the White House that, ah, oh, these were just uh, private buyers. We didn't know who wanted them. Yeah, right. Uh, TNT News producer Adam Clark a.k.a. Ruckus with the story. Uh, so, Ruckus, in other words, it was a prearranged grift. Imagine that. Well, it's all, yeah, it's just pretty worse than than what you just implied because um, there's been uh, concerns about uh, the... <laughs> 
at the the ethics of this. Uh, Jen Psaki, who was the the White House press secretary back in the day, was repeatedly assuring the public that there was a special. And she she said it was an ethical plan put in place with the gallery that was going to prevent Hunter from knowing who purchased the art. Well, well, that's not true. And who was purchasing the art in particular? Quite concerning. Um, it turns out that uh, wealth. The Democratic Party donors were purchasing a, quote unquote, vast majority of Hunter Biden's artwork. Uh, at least that's what House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer said just uh, Tuesday, just yesterday. Uh, Comer released a statement after the committee interviewed Hunter Biden's art gallerist, one Georges Berger, is this how you say it in French, I believe. Uh, and they gained new information about who purchased the first son's paintings. Hunter knew the individuals who purchased roughly 70 percent of his art. That's according to a press release. I'm going to quote here, Mr. Comer, in the press release, quote, the vast majority of Hunter Biden's art has been purchased by Democrat donors, one of whom was appointed by President Biden to a prestigious commission after she purchased Hunter Biden's art for tens of thousands of dollars shortly after Joe Biden's inauguration. The White House has a lot of explaining to do about misleading the American people, end quote. Indeed, Hunter Biden's friend and financial benefactor, Kevin Morris, purchased $875,000 worth of his art in January 23rd, Berger told lawmakers. Berger said Morris only paid a 40% commission on the $875,000 purchase, a deal Hunter Biden and Morris knew the financial implications of. Berger said he had never conducted a deal like it before. He admitted that Hunter Biden's name influenced the prices of his art. You don't say. Comer also accused the White House of misleading the American people on a supposed ethics agreement related to Hunter Biden's art. Morris has been identified as the third party donor who paid roughly two million dollars of Hunter Biden's overdue taxes in early 2020, as reported by The New York Post at the time. Hunter Biden's failed guilty plea agreement in July of 2023 with the DOJ did not name the third party who covered Hunter Biden's tax burden. In total, Morris has paid an estimated four point nine million dollars of Hunter Biden's personal expenses. This, according to IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler, he is reportedly helping Hunter Biden pay his legal bills and pushing him to mount an aggressive legal fight against his political opponents. Ziegler testified on December 5th before the House Ways and Means Committee, quote, we have a reason to believe that Kevin Morris was on phone calls with the presidential campaign prior to Joe Biden securing the presidency, end quote. Democratic donor and Biden appointee Elizabeth Naftali purchased her first piece of Hunter Biden's art for $42,000 right after President Biden's inauguration, Comer said. President Biden appointed Naftali to the U.S. Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad in July of 2022. Later that year, she spent uh, $52,000 purchasing more of Hunter Biden's art. I guess she likes his art that much. What do you guys think about this? <laughs> can I can I just I would just say this. As you were saying that story, all that kept going through my mind was the old Sonny and Cher song, The Beat Goes On, except for in this case it would be and the grift goes on. I mean, because that's exactly what it is. It's obvious grift. 
it's obviously uh, influence peddling on a domestic scale this time. And uh, it's also rather ironic to me, Hesh and Ruckus, that Hunter Hunter's art, if you want to call it that, he, he uses straws with it. He has a lot of experience with straws, apparently. And uh, he just he, he just blows the paint through a straw, as opposed to snorting through a straw. He's blowing through a straw. So he's got a lot of straws laying around, I'm sure. Just utterly pathetic. And uh, it kind of goes to the media just not really giving a rip, I think. Uh, yeah, how did we go from he didn't know any of the purchasers to he knew 70% uh, and they all have connections to DNC donors, our DNC donors. My goodness, I'll just say this uh, about the art in particular. Uh, if there's ever an apocalypse that just, you know, wipes the face of America off and 100 years from now, some new people come here and sift through the rubble. I hope that all they find, I hope no computers work. I hope all the information is gone and that all they find are the art pieces that people, uh, the art pieces that you could find on the walls of John Podesta, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, George W. Bush, and Hunter Biden. If that was all uh, the next society had to go on for what went wrong here in the United States of America... I think the artwork that those people keep and create would probably paint a very illustrative picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's an absolute ship. Yeah. They say, Oh, maybe his last name had something to do with it. I was, I was ruckus. When you mentioned who the buyers were, I was convinced that we were going to hear somebody like, you know, Chang Wao Su from Beijing. But uh, no, I guess he figured out, well, you know, if I can grift on an international level, I can grift on a national level here with some of these Democrat donors. And that, my friends, is exactly what he did. Ruckus, Staggering. did the uh, did the Zelensky's buy any art from Hunter Biden? I'd be uh, <laughs> shocked if uh, the little green man in the suit, the army suit, didn't uh, purchase one. Actually, apparently they bought vast amounts of paint thinner. They said they wanted to sniff it or something. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so this this whole this giant sham of an operation was nothing but like a an attempted. Um, well, I, I guess it worked, but it was like a public image scrubbing for Hunter Biden. It was a way to portray him uh, as he was able to uh, support himself um, as a successful artist. You know what I mean? So it, there was a lot of. This is just a way to prop him up in the in the hearts and the minds of the public. Um, that's really all that was going on here, um, as far as I can tell. But uh, yeah. ultimately, I mean, it, it does kind of it walks that line between you know the the ethics of it, um, all things considered. And then, of course, as um, you know, Comer said, the White House has some explaining to do. Uh, so does uh, Jen Psaki, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, P yeah exactly. PR laundering, a case of PR laundering, perhaps here. And uh, by the way, is there proof that Hunter actually does his own art? Is there a GoPro that shows him making the art? Uh, is there any I've chance? Seen, this... I've seen videos of him uh, putting his straws to different use. He blows them okay. in. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that could th be a deep th fake, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, it could be. But it doesn't look like it requires a lot of talent, but it does require a lot of straws. And he has neither the talent, but he does have the straws. So, yeah, you, you can find anybody, go to any Caribbean cruise, and you'll see people braiding hair that have more talent uh, than Hunter Biden does. Or you can go see the guys doing the airbrush T-shirts on uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, that have as much talent. 
but they don't have the last name Biden and they don't have the connections, do they? Yeah, well, you know, George W. Bush, he did great uh, finger painting in the bathtub. So, you know, I mean, sometimes all you need is the name, I guess. There you go. <laughs> and there and there's and there's the moral of the story, isn't it? They're supposed to shape him up to make him look like he's rehabbed. Hunter has found a new use for the straws and now he's really turned his life around. Yeah, he's selling millions of dollars worth of crap paintings to people that completely want to bail him out. It's pathetic. Anyway, Ruckus, as always, brother, thank you very much for uh, those fascinating stories, man. We'll do it all over again uh, tomorrow, my friend. Thank you very much, brother. You betcha. We'll see you then, guys. All right. Okay, you're watching and listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk. We'll be back. Our next guest, Ken Cuccinelli, coming up on State of the Nation on TNT right after this. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went, I bet you more than 50% didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in, in uh, Palestine. Uh, with the U.S. Since, since, well, under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down, thank God, but under Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to uh, that part of the world. These people are, have been after Israel forever and, and uh, supported by Iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them, uh, you know, basically uh, create chaos in the Middle East, terrorism, and, and we saw what happened earlier this year, about a month ago, uh, the two won attack in Israel and the death and destruction, rape and kidnapping, more than 240 people kidnapped. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours, where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air 24-7. Your news talk giant. TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation on TNT. And joining us once again, always happy to welcome Ken Cuccinelli to the program. He, of course, is the founder of the Never Back Down Pack uh, for uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, Ken, welcome to the show. It's good to see you again. And we haven't seen you since 23. So happy new year to okay. you, sir. How are you? Good to be with you guys as well, and uh, hopefully uh, you're having a good year so far. We'll see how Monday goes. Yeah, right. Well, we're having a pretty good year thus far, and I must say that um, your guy, uh, Ron DeSantis, did, I I, got to tell you, admittedly, I was impressed with some of his answers at his town hall the other day. Uh, How do you think this is going to play out? Because we're we're five days away. Uh, the forecast is bitterly cold for caucus wow. day. So, you know, I mean, it's yeah. going to be very, very cold. I think they were saying like negative 12 or something, real temperature, throw the wind chill in there and you're looking at uh, damn near Antarctic conditions, yeah. but uh, it's a pretty, pretty hardy stock out there in Iowa. Uh, is this going to affect the uh, turnout for the caucus? Do you think? Well, undoubtedly it will. I don't know that it will, um, work to anybody's particular advantage. I do think that 
people coming on board with DeSantis are real kind of traditional grassroots conservative activists who tend to show up regardless. So if anything, it'll help DeSantis just because he's the conservative candidate and they tend to do better in tougher conditions. But um, but I don't know that nobody's banking on the weather uh, for the outcome and uh, and everybody's girding for it because it's it's going to be a miserable aspect of the whole evening. And uh, I'm looking forward to being there. I'm looking forward to it happening. I'm looking forward to a good DeSantis performance. And as you noted uh, last night in the town hall, he did very well, very smooth. Yeah. No, no, you know, time after time, one of the things I hear out of people in the audience is I've never seen any other candidate answer so deeply on so many subjects with no notes. And that's true. Uh, it's one of the advantages of his brain power and experience, and uh, and he brings it to bear for uh, for the American people. How important is that? You know, I'm I'm curious because uh, that's something that I've noticed um, with regards to both Ron and um, even RFK Jr. Uh, 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 Vivek. Like some of these people yeah. are willing to go out and have free form conversation. And to me, it's like, regardless of my opinion of whoever that is, the fact that they're even doing that just kind of puts them more on my intuitive radar. You know, the fact that they're not uh, having everything prompted, scripted, scheduled, and they're willing to go out there. I mean, how important do you think that is is and shall be moving on in American politics? Uh, There's no question that's critically important. It's one of the values Uh, One of the benefits we get out of these early contests where you have so much direct voter contact with candidates, not all the candidates, Trump is still just sticking with his rallies and so forth. Um, And um, and and while you note RFK, RFK, I've listened to him as well. He goes very deep on the subjects he's worked on for years, including Big Pharma, for example. Um, And uh, DeSantis in Florida is one of the only people working to hold them accountable. They've had investigations going there for quite some time now. And of course, the difference in his leadership and Trump's on COVID is a night and day difference in this race. Uh, Biden is essentially the same as Trump on that issue. There's no real difference there. And so DeSantis stands out and, and town hall after town hall, he is able to go deep and explain why he was doing the things he was doing. Um, he very quickly, I would say about a month to six weeks, uh, into the, into the crisis there in early 2020 stopped following Washington, you know, on a bipartisan basis, there was kind of an acceptance of Washington's leadership initially. And then a small number of folks, including governor DeSantis began with enough data of their own. They started making different decisions and their decisions, frankly, inured to the benefit of their citizens in ways that the lockdown states didn't benefit from. And that's why so many people were moving to Florida is there was freedom there and there wasn't anywhere else. And again, president, that is, that is one of the worst aspects of president Trump's presidency. I must say that I, I I did get a kick out of the fact that Gavin Newsom tried to go after DeSantis on his COVID protocol. I'm like, man, oh man, this guy's in, this guy's just looking for a rake to step on because he just whacked himself in the face (laughs) with that. Uh, (laughs) 
Yeah. One thing well, I, and, what, and, and he was certainly the king of hypocrisy in that space where he was ordering lockdowns just like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi gets the hairdresser open for Nancy Pelosi. You remember yeah. all that. And of Gavin course. Newsom goes to his little French laundry restaurant while everyone else has to be locked down in their homes. And oh, by the way, he's not wearing a mask. So uh, rules for you, but not for Gavin Newsom. And Ron DeSantis didn't play that game. He never played that game. Um, he is definitely a people's candidate in a way that neither Newsom or Trump are. And, um, and that shows in how he's governed Florida and opened Florida up to the rest of America. And he's providing leadership that's already changing America for the better. I just think we could do much better with him as president. I would just well, say that I, well, well, I'm sorry, Hesh, let me just make a real quick point. One thing I saw that I thought Ron DeSantis handled very well, and I, I don't think that there's, I don't think that even Trump supporters could really very well debate this. And that is, he said, if Trump is the nominee, it will be a referendum on Trump. The whole yes. election is going to be about January 6th. It's going to be about lawsuits. It's going to be about, it's going to be about Trump. Uh, that's you can't really argue that because that's exactly the path that they're going to go on the Democrat side. Oh, absolutely. They're relishing the opportunity. They know the media will play along 100 percent. And it and, you know, one of the things that um, when you're an incumbent with a bad record like Biden has, you don't want it to be about you. You don't want it to be about your record. You want anything else you can find to distract from it. I remember Bill Clinton lobbing missiles into uh, Sudan uh, when uh, he was being questioned about his sexual escapades in the White House. Anything to distract. And um, it's going to be very easy for Joe Biden if Donald Trump is the nominee. Donald Trump hands it to him and hands it to the media. And he can complain about it all day, but an awful lot of it, frankly, will be his own fault. We can sidestep all of that drama and talk about policies that matter to the American people if Ron DeSantis is the nominee. And that is really very little to do with Ron DeSantis, and it has everything to do with Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting point, and it's definitely a, a factor here. Now, uh, Ken, we've got a headline inbound from today's news talk, but on the other side, uh, you mentioned covid and uh, yeah. we flagged up something pretty interesting this week that uh, I think, you know, Ron DeSantis may have uh, uh, a hand in or at least uh, support in. And that would be the Florida Surgeon General calling for a halt in COVID mRNA vaccines against federal guidance, yeah. uh, which is somewhat monumental. Uh, so when we come back, we'll pick up right there. I'd love to hear what, uh, what you have to say about that. This is State of the Nation on TNT. The conversation continues. You guys are awful positive today for what we're witnessing. It's that division that they want to push. Now, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Donald Trump has called for urgent action to be taken to stop Democrats from stealing the upcoming presidential election. Just when we thought we had seen the last of COVID-19, authorities in Australia are once again sounding the alarm. And America's first mission to the moon in more than 50 years has failed after its unmanned spacecraft suffered a fuel leak 
making it impossible to carry out a soft landing on the lunar surface. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. So, Ken, another open goal that Donald Trump leaves is not really addressing warp speed and the side effects of the jab and the policies that were there, you know, there within that he was at the forefront of. A big open goal for Ron DeSantis. And now uh, Surgeon General has updated it from you shouldn't take it if you're, uh, you know, less than 65 to don't take it. I mean, that's a pretty big move. Yeah, it is a pretty big move. And, um, you know, Governor DeSantis swapped out his Surgeon General for Dr. Ladapo a, a while back. He has been a national leader. And, you know, the folks who just want to scream like sheep uh, find him very controversial. But just like Governor DeSantis, he's working from the data. He's working from the data. And, you know, all the same people who occasionally like to scream science love to ignore it when it flies in the face of, uh, you know, their sheeple efforts to drive people in the direction they want for less freedom, uh, to use COVID as an excuse to alter the election system again, as they did in 2020. Uh, But Dr. Ladapo has a track record of accuracy and success. Um, It's advice that uh, if for those who listen to experts, You get to pick between your experts. We saw Dr. Fauci on the stand yesterday. uh, Really, I think it's fair to say lying about various things. Um, He wouldn't stand behind the positions that he took. And of course, he flip-flopped. He had 17 different positions on masks, if I remember the last count. Um, You don't have that with Dr. Ladapo in Florida, the Surgeon General of Florida. He's done an exceptional job. And um, he's somebody that I think not just Floridians trust, not just Governor DeSantis trust, but people across the country look to him now for leadership in the absence of independent thinking that is data-based on the COVID subject and the related subjects like the mRNA jabs, um, which have proven to be, frankly, very dangerous and very harmful. And there's a lot of question about their efficacy overall. Now, I was there at the beginning of COVID, literally in January, not just in March of 2020, and we didn't know what we didn't know. And it's one thing for high-risk groups like older folks who were clearly more susceptible to COVID to take what precautions we could deliver, the quick delivery um, shots, I'm not gonna call them vaccines because they're not vaccines, And uh, but the data has come in gradually, slowly that actually show that if you take enough boosters, you actually make yourself worse off. So that's where the Surgeon General's conclusions come from. Shockingly, data. And uh, and I, I frankly have a lot more faith in what he has to say on this subject than the people we've seen talking out of Washington and to see that kind of leadership. First of all, Governor DeSantis cleared the way and elevated Dr. Ladapo because of how he does his job. And it's consistent with how the governor does his job. Data-based, independent thinking. I don't care what the polls or the media say. We're going to do the right thing for the people of Florida. And in this case, that also works to the benefit of the people of America. And as I said, I hope he'll be leading America come January of 2025, a year from now. 
but that remains to be seen. Hopefully uh, Iowa will go well next Monday, as cold as it's going to be um, for Governor DeSantis and its leadership, like putting people like Dr. Ladapo in, that's his personnel record. You compare that to Trump, who gave Tony Fauci an award on the last day going out the door. It was Donald Trump who hired Christopher Ray, and now complains about Christopher Ray. He hired Mark Milley as the Joint Chief of Staff, then said he was committing treason. I mean, these are Donald Trump's own personnel decisions. And he was so random about it all, he picked people who opposed him and what he believed, and then he promoted them. And later on, when uh, he figured out just what type of people they were, he complained about it all. Ron DeSantis didn't do that. He accepted responsibility for his leadership position and the appointments he made. And he finalized, you know, for a lot of the COVID guidance, the Surgeon General recommends to the governor. The Surgeon General doesn't decide for the governor. And the governor made those final decisions based on the best information available. And it's amazing how many people seem resistant to using the best information available. We were talking about RFK Jr. earlier. He's somebody else who, on the other side of the political spectrum, has taken a very similar approach. Now, he wasn't in a leadership position, but he has stood by the data and what it shows. And what it shows is that these jabs are not good for you and you should stop taking them. Yeah, you know, I I just want to circle back to Fauci to, to kind of uh, put a, put, put a uh, underscore your point. He said, I don't remember over 100 times uh, uh, when he was, uh, when he testified the other day, over 100 times he could not remember. Uh, and yet he is the science. I just, it's just so pathetic. Well, he's, he, he said he couldn't remember. That's different yeah. from not being able to remember. Exactly. Um, it's, it's harder to disprove the lie of, I can't remember than if he actually answered with the Tony Fauci answer, which would have been problematic for Tony Fauci. Yeah, so exactly right. I don't actually believe he couldn't remember. I believe he is genuinely embarrassed from a science standpoint at what an incompetent scientist he was throughout the COVID crisis. Yeah, he should be mortified by it. Let me ask you this, Ken, because we're uh, we're of course we're we're days away from Iowa. This is when it really gets rolling here. Uh, it's going to be an uphill climb though from there because then you go to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a jump ball. And then we go to South Carolina, Nikki Haley's home state. Um, now, the general consensus is that Trump's going to win South Carolina, and it's going to be a battle for second. But does that give the uh, the DeSantis campaign any uh, – do you guys kind of sweat South Carolina a little bit? This might be difficult. Well, and we're not abandoning Nevada in between, uh, yeah, whereas Nikki Haley has already abandoned Nevada. She will get zero delegates in Nevada. She is not on the caucus ballot. Um, yeah. So, you know, she she has three of the first four states she's competing in. The DeSantis campaign is competing in all of them. And, um, yes, we'll get to South Carolina and um, we'll see. Obviously, the early performances will affect voters' impressions as you move along in Nevada, in South Carolina. And one of the peculiarities that's never happened before to think about, and I'll use my home state of Virginia, 
you can vote in Virginia, which is a Super Tuesday state, before New Hampshire. Oh, we, have this, we have this ridiculous 45-day election in Virginia. So it starts uh, during the week before New Hampshire's voting. Uh, is California, it New Hampshire open? Colorado. Is it New Hampshire open primaries? They'll be mailed out in early in early February. So it things are going to get really crazy very quickly. But isn't New Hampshire an open primary state where anybody yes. from any party? Yes. Yeah. There's there's going to be some funny business going on in New Hampshire. That's for sure. Yeah, you get a you get a swollen moderate and liberal electorate, and which is not typical Republican electors. Um, and with the Democrat situation over there, um, they don't have anything to attract them to the Democrat side. Uh, so you're going to see a much more left-leaning electorate in New Hampshire than usually happens. Um, and uh, obviously, DeSantis is the conservative candidate in the race. So uh, some of those folks may believe he's the best person to take on Donald Trump. You know, that's one way he can get those votes. And frankly, his performance. We were talking about RFK Jr. There are things that RFK, the COVID space, uh, turning the government upside down, which RFK and DeSantis are very similar on. But Trump didn't do that. Trump just reinforced uh, the deep state as much as he complains about it. He has no idea how to fight it. In Florida, Governor DeSantis fought it and beat it. He beat the teachers' unions. He beat the K through 12 establishment. He beat the higher ed, public higher education, which is one of the toughest institutions of them all. And in the town hall last night, in explaining all this, you saw him getting turning undecided voters who said, "You know, Governor, you've got my vote." So it's obviously having an effect, and we'll see on Monday how much of an effect. Uh, but the I think the momentum is in the governor's direction. He and Casey DeSantis are working the state incredibly hard. Casey just knocked on the three millionth door wow. uh, with Never Back Down. We've obviously been working the ground in all the early states uh, yeah. at a level nobody else has, including well, uh, Trump. So we got to uh, roll. We got. We got to we'll leave. See it how there, that plays Kim. out on Monday. We've got to leave it there. But I would just say that he also took on Disney and won. So don't forget that. Yep. Uh, yeah. And Big Shelly. Yeah, and Big Sugar. There you go. Ken Cuccinelli, uh, never back down. Uh, thank you so much, Ken. We look forward to chatting with you again. Uh, and uh, thank you for joining us on State of the Nation. Have a wonderful day and stay Good warm in Iowa, my friend. Take care of yourself. Uh, you're watching State of the Nation. We'll be right back on today's News Talk. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I can't overemphasize how important it is not to be excited about last week's Epstein drops. We haven't learned anything of much value from them. In fact, all the valuable information, all the videotapes, the client list, etc., is still under lock and key at FBI headquarters, controlled by FBI Director Christopher Wray. This blackmail information gives Wray as much power as his crooked, corrupt predecessor, J. Edgar Hoover, who blackmailed every president under whom he served and half of D.C. to boot, if you're to believe the stories. And make no mistake, that's exactly what this is, blackmail material. That's why Jeffrey Epstein had security cameras in every nook and cranny of every house he owned. That's why he had hundreds, if not thousands of hours, of video recordings of very prominent people with underage girls and allegedly boys. Whether it was CIA or FBI, MI5 or MI6, Mossad or several of these, doesn't matter. 
The fact is, Epstein was running an intelligence community honey trap. And the fact is that the real material will never see the light of day. If you doubt this, consider the coincidence of Epstein fixer Michael Sitnik having his servers stolen just the preceding weekend. There are no coincidences. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, well, no surprise, but a scam, right? Scams abound. A scam is impacting mostly rural and lower-income property owners, and it's spreading, and it involves the construction of cell towers on their property. So property owners get promised riches from them renting their land for a new cell tower, but then are also asked to pay thousands of dollars up front in fees now, it's our understanding that there are legitimate ways to make money leasing land for cell towers and such, but we want to understand this scam so that you are well protected against it. And our next guest is here to flesh out this story. Uh, he's also very well versed in the, uh, the evolving industry when it comes to services, infrastructure, cellular stuff, and uh, how this all played into the COVIDian pandemic new normal as well so uh we're very pleased to have hugh odom here with us hugh welcome to state of the nation first tell us a little bit about this scam this is concerning well you kind of broke it down very well there what's happening um especially re most recently in uh, north carolina virginia and parts of tennessee you are seeing companies so-called cell tower companies going out to property owners again mostly rural areas and mostly lower income people and saying hey we want to put a cell tower on your property. And that happens hundreds of times every day across the country. A lot of cell towers are being built. However, in this particular situation, the cell tower company, again, I'll use that term loosely, was saying to get this on your property, you need to pay us money for certain fees. That is not how it's done across the country. You don't pay them to put a cell tower on your property or pay them upfront fees. They were collecting $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 from these property owners, having them sign an agreement and then never to be heard from again. And none of these towers, hundreds of people in these areas were impacted and none, not one tower was built to our knowledge. Wow. Wow. What, a, what, what an absolute scam. I can tell you, uh, Q, as a guy that's worked in radio for a long time, and let me just say this up front, radio is going through a uh, existential crisis because people are doing stuff like, oh, I don't know, streaming TNT, today's news talk and stuff like that. So radio stations are supplementing their income 
by having cell towers, uh, cell tower companies uh, use their existing towers to put on these pods. So I know that, that, that that's being done, but these are private residents. And I, I would think that, uh, you know, not everybody is, is, is aware of this, but when anybody comes at you and says, look, we want to do this for you. You're going to make a lot of money. All you need to do is, uh, is front us the fees so we can get through the regulatory hoops. That's a scam. If they're asking you for one penny, that's a scam almost every time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not only with regards to that, that's, that's one layer of one scam. But what we also see, and just a, a kind of a lower layer of it, you see cell tower companies, small cell tower companies come to property owners all across the country and they say, look, sign this lease. They're not asking for any money, but they're asking them to sign a 50, 60, 70 year lease and saying, sign it and we'll encumber your property. We're not going to pay anything. And if we decide to use your property, We'll start paying you something. The problem there is that property owner gets an encumbrance to their property. That means they can't use their property in certain ways and they're not getting paid anything. So not only are people get being asked to pay money, sometimes in a somewhat legitimate situation, they're being asked to sign agreements with an open-ended option. So think of that. If I came to you today and said, look, I want to lease some of your land and you hold it open for me until I decide to use it. That could be a year from now, 10 years from now, never. But you can never use that land. You can never build across that land. So it is not only the scam that's going on in North Carolina, tech, uh, Tennessee, and Virginia, but we see property owners sign really bad agreements and they don't understand it. And the easy way they get into that situation is they get so focused on the easy money, money for nothing, and it doesn't exist. If you get approached by a cell tower company, sometimes they will throw out the name Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. They use those names because 99.9% .9 of people don't understand who these cell tower companies actually are. They understand AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, but they're really not working for them. So you really need to understand when somebody approached you who they are, where they're going with their next step, and they are they actually ever going to build a cell tower on your property? Is this is yeah. this scam legal or is this a criminal activity? It sounds like bordering a criminal activity to grift people in this way. Is it, uh, you know what I mean? Is this is is there international corporations involved, or are we talking, you know, uh, people hiding in dark corners? Well, the one that's happening most recently that was most publicized here in the last two or three uh, months is happening, as I mentioned, over North Carolina mo mostly. And we were actually contacted our firm by some property owners who got contacted by uh, this quote unquote cell tower company, and they are looking at locally and through the state government, and they're looking as a federal situation because it's crossing state lines. It's not just in one area. We've seen people for the same so-called cell tower company in Texas, Florida, other parts of the country, country as well. So this is ongoing. This is not limited to that area. So you need to be aware. With regards to, to the cell tower industry as a whole, you really have to understand, as I mentioned before, what you're signing. People get kind of, again, divert it by it. If it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. And you need to understand because once you sign that agreement, unlike most agreements you sign, you cannot get out of it for a very long time, 30, 40, 50 years. That's why people get so taken off the path of what they need to focus on and they end up in a really bad situation. Again, there's no such thing as, as found money. It, it costs you something. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So, so if somebody, if somebody comes up, say I'm sitting on three and a half acres of land and I'm not doing anything with the last acre of land that sits behind me. And I say, you know what? I'll sign your 50 year lease. Cause I know at, to your point, I know it's going to be free money down the road for me. Am I still going to be on the hook for property taxes for that land? Or does the leasee now uh, assume those, those taxes? That's a great question. 
first of all, if they come to you and they want to use that back acre, like you said, the problem is they're not just impacting that back acre. They're putting restrictions on all of your land. Sometimes you can't subdivide the land. You can't use other parts of your land. So understand when they're just using a small portion of your land, they're putting restrictions on all of your land. So that's number one. To more directly to your point, they should be, the cell tower company should be picking up the real estate taxes that are, that you're, if your land's increased assessment based on the cell tower being there, or if you're just having real estate taxes based upon that area they're using. However, what cell tower companies are doing is they're putting a lot of loopholes in that language. So they try to get out of that having to pay that. So you have to be very careful. It may look like they're going to reimburse you, but you have to jump through so many uh, hurdles or jump over so many hurdles, you never see that reimbursement. Amazing. And and what does this do to um, a homeowner's resale value? Say someone signs one of these and then, you know, it's just sitting there with that paperwork on it. How does that change their ability to sell their property? Well, I'll give you the pros and cons. If you sign a good agreement, it increases the value of your land because it's great passive income coming through. It can be structured really well and you can really grow and generate a lot of revenue through that. If you sign a bad agreement, what you're doing is putting a lot of restrictions on all of your property and that burdens your property. And that means when you go to sell your property, sometimes you can't even sell it without the permission of the, the cell tower company. And now think about that, your own land, all of it, you can't sell it unless you go to them and get their approval. You can't redevelop it without their approval. You can't build certain things without their approval. Even if they're on the uh, back portion of your land, that's where people misunderstand this industry. They think they're leasing out a small portion. And the cell tower companies are trained to get you to think that way. They get you to think two things. Again, that money for nothing. Hey, you're going to make something from nothing. I have this back, uh, back area that you're going to make. And then they use a, a tactic called deminimization, to minimize everything. Oh, we're going to be back over here. It's not going to do anything. Oh, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. In actuality, you need to understand that full agreement. It's going to impact all your land. It's going to depend back what you can do with your property. And as you mentioned, it could possibly severely devalue your property. Yeah. And it sounds to me like because they are picking mostly rural areas, you're not going to have a lot of NIMBYs saying, hey, wait a minute, I don't want a cell tower within my eye, you know, within my sight line of my house that, that is down the block from you. So screw that. It sounds to me, Hugh, like uh, if I just, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it sounds to me that if I had to guess what your piece of advice would be, it would be before you sign anything, write a check or do anything contact a very good real estate lawyer, correct? No. <laughs> no. Wow. I'll tell you I'll, I'll tell you why. As I was an attorney inside AT&T for over a decade, and I'll tell you there are real estate attorneys we do not we we say I'm going to make myself clear. Real estate attorneys have their place in this transaction, but real estate attorneys do this so very infrequently. This is such a niche situation. It's like right. saying, I'm going to go to my family doctor to get brain surgery. Okay. And they can, they know a little bit, but they don't do it enough. And the cell tower companies, the wireless carriers do this every day. Get an attorney if you need to, to get involved based upon the local standards or state standards. But you need to have somebody who understands this and does this every day. If not, they're going to think they know what they're doing, but they really don't. And that's no, that's not disparaging real estate attorneys out there that really are smart and a lot smarter than I am but they don't know this industry. It's a niche industry. And that's where, that's why we formed our company because we looked at it from a perspective of this is such a niche situation that property owners weren't understanding and the, the, the cell tower companies and wireless carriers were getting such good deals and putting such uh, horrible terms on these property owners, a land that they needed some 
uh, consultation available to them. Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there is a factor here that's important that I think you might be able to speak to. And, and that is the, uh, just denial of, uh, or, or less infrastructure in rural areas in particular. I mean, you know, a lot of us know people in rural areas or live in them, uh, where they don't get a good cell signal or they can only get like old DSL lines for their internet service. So, I mean, there, there are some positives to this, right? So if someone is interested in doing this, be it, you know, to support their business or their community to have better service, there are ways to do it. There are ways to stay safe. There are ways to make profit from it. If I'm understanding everything you're saying here, and, and that's what, that's where you come in and other subject matter experts like yourself. Right. Well, as I mentioned before, this can be a really great asset for you, your family, your property, et cetera. If it's structured correctly, not the rent, but the structure. Structure makes this. This is a utility agreement. If you structure correctly, it will generate money and continue to make more and more money for you. If it's not, you're going to get yourself into trouble. With regards to your comment on, on kind of rural areas, yes, rural areas are being left behind. There's a huge digital divide between the urban areas and the rural areas. But here's the thing I would say. Two, two parties are responsible for that. One, the, the wireless carriers and to the federal government. They need to step up because we're going to get such a divide with people able to educate their kids, have health care, have businesses because of just the ability to have internet service and wireless services around the country. And that is that's on those companies and the government more than it is on the on the on uh, some a property or allowing them to use their land. Wow. Well, I, I got to tell you something, Hugh. It sounds like, and this is this is no doubt because of your background with AT and T and all. You obviously saw this as a hey, this is a this is an, a, a market here that's not being tapped into. So you jumped in it and said, "Well, we're going to start vertical consultants," and, and and that's what you're doing. And it just happens to coincide with the time where people are scamming folks on this. So I, I, I wish you the best of luck with it. I'm sure it's going to work well for you. Uh, are there any other consultants out there like Vertical Consultants that, that does this kind of work? Or is this so new and so niche, as you mentioned, that it's really kind of just a, a, a wild west in this, in this uh, scenario? Well, I'll mention that we've been in this will be our 14th year in business. So we've been in for a while and we represent everybody from rural property owners to some of the largest companies in North America. So this is wide scoping. If you think about cell phones and how much they've grown in the cell tower infrastructure, I will say as, as just self-serving, we're the best out there. But there are other consultants. We always tell people this. And I've said this for 14 years. Everybody I've spoken to and everybody works with me, I tell them, say this. We're not the right fit for everybody. We're not. I wish we were. Everybody that called us, reached out to us, wish they would be a client. But get someone to assist you with this because people get into bad situations because of what they sign. And our job is to, I tell people, is to not just get a lease signed, but get a good lease signed because that's really what need people. When you're hiring as a consultant, they need to hear both the things they want to hear but also the things they don't want to hear. And that's really what we try to do. And, and we try to differentiate, differentiate ourselves from anybody else out there. Yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense. And I, and I, and I, I this is a scam that un, until we, I was reading uh, all about your company and all about what you do, it's a scam. And probably because I don't live in a rural area. So I didn't even know this problem existed, but man, I tell you, it just goes to show you that there's a, uh, Scam artists all over the place, and there's a sucker born every minute, and these scam artists are always looking for those suckers. So uh, I just 
good 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 on you for 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 raising the attention on this issue because uh man i would hate to sign away a lease for 50 years and then not be able to sell my property good god that must be tough it does it ever happen where you can get people out of this stuff say for example somebody already sold it oh you know what i just realized i just realized we're out of time and i'm sorry my fault but listen we'll have you back because it's a very interesting topic Uh, And I want to thank you, Hugh Odom. Again, Vertical Consultants. Thank you. Take care of yourself, Hugh. This has been State of the Nation. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. The Missy Winston Show is next.